0: Welcome to In Him with Pastor Dan Wormouth of Joplin Family Worship Center, located on East 7th Street in Joplin, where they are passionate about sharing the freedom and forgiveness found in Jesus Christ. Now, here's Pastor Dan with this week's edition of In Him.
1: Welcome back to this time at the table with Dr. Cahill as we're learning from God's Word how to walk in the power and covenant of healing. You're going to enjoy this next session, session two, as we continue there in Luke chapter 13. So dig into the Word with us, have ears to hear, and get your Bible there in your notes and you're going to have a great time in the Word with us. I'll be back again in a moment.
2: All right, from Luke chapter 13, verse 10 through 17, we've got some more things here we need to see and learn. So let's read this again. Luke chapter 13, verse 10 through 17. And Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bowed together and could in no wise lift herself up. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said unto her, Woman, thou art loose from thine infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Let's just take a moment and say amen. Amen. She was made straight immediately. I'm expecting immediately this morning. Immediately she was made straight and glorified God. And the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation. It's just so sad that preachers get mad when somebody gets healed. That's such a sad thing. Preachers still fight the healing gospel today. This preacher got mad because she got healed. Just think for a moment. You know, this woman lived her whole life bowed over. She was crippled. She was hunchbacked. She lived that way. And I've often thought of her, how out in the world did she sleep? She couldn't lay flat on her back. She, she couldn't lay on her stomach. She had to sleep on one side or the other. She lived in constant pain, constant torment, always looking at the dust room, always looking at people's feet, seeing what they walked in that she couldn't walk in, always living there. And Jesus on the Sabbath day loosed her and what he did for her, he gave her rest. And this preacher got mad because he gave her rest on the Sabbath day. That's just hypocrisy in overdrive. He gave her rest on the Sabbath day, she went home that night, she could sleep on her back. She went home that night She could sleep on her stomach. She went home, she was freed. thank God. But the preacher answered with indignation or that he got upset, aggravated, agitated because Jesus healed on the Sabbath day and said unto the people, there are six days in which men ought to work and them therefore come and be healed and not on the Sabbath. But you've got to learn this, your healing will never manifest by your works. Your healing is by grace through faith. It'll never come because of your works. You don't have six days to work to get your healing. You don't have to do any work to get your healing. You're a daughter, son of Abraham. You're qualified. The Lord answered him and said, Thou hypocrite, doth not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or his ass from the stall and lead him away to watering? And ought not this woman, ought not this service, ought not the people in this room being sons and daughters of Abraham, whom Satan hath bound these 18 years, be loosed. You should be loose this morning. God wants you free. God wants you loose. God wants me loose. He wants us free. This woman whom Satan hath bound, now it's very clear that Satan had bound her. Very clear. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. He went about doing good healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Not God, but oppressed of the devil. Job 37, 23 says this, that. Past, God is past finding out. His ways are past finding out. He is mighty in power, plenous in justice, and he will not afflict. Job thirty seven, twenty three, he will not afflict. Job thirty seven, twenty three, last line of the verse, he will not afflict. And she should be loose from the bond on the Sabbath day. When he had said these things, all his adversaries were ashamed and all the people rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done by him. So we want to speak this healing gospel in a way that our adversaries are ashamed and confounded and that they cannot resist the wisdom of God from the gospel and from the word of God. That's what I'm after this morning. So in the last session, we talked about our, our simple, this simple thought, four seeds of truth, That establish or explain our covenant birthright. So we got those four seeds. First seed was the infirmity was the spirit. The second seed, her identity was the seed. The third was that her inheritance was supernatural with abundance. And the fourth was instruction. We need spiritual application. And so we apply the word of God by receiving our healing and thanking God for it. Right now I thank God by his stripes I'm healed. I raise my hands and I say, thank you. He was wounded for my transgression, bruised for my iniquity. The chastisement of my peace was upon him. With his stripes, I'm healed. I thank God I'm healed right now. Amen. I'm not waiting for the preacher to lay hands on me. I thank God I received my healing right now. Amen. By his stripes, I'm healed right now. Now we're going into this session and we're gonna look number two at this. We're gonna look at five spiritual tools. Five spiritual tools that empower the church with boldness. Five spiritual tools that empower the church with boldness Now we want to write these five tools down and i'll mention the four and then we'll come back to the first one now the first one is teaching and i'll come back to that jesus was there teaching the teaching ministry is invaluable to the church the teaching ministry is invaluable jesus was there teaching it's invaluable number two he saw her he saw her Verse 12, and when Jesus saw her. Now this has the indication that Jesus saw her as whole and free and loosed. Now I want to encourage you, Jesus sees you this morning. Jesus sees you where you are, in your pain, in your affliction, in your suffering. Jesus sees you and his vision is beyond what you know. His eyes run to and fro throughout the whole earth, so they're running through this auditorium to show himself strong on your behalf. And he is not seeing you as weak and crippled and broke. He sees you as healed, whole, and strong. God calls things that be not as though they were because he sees things that be not as though they were. He sees you right where you are. That gives me great comfort. There's no place you can go on planet Earth. There's no depth. There's no height. There's no width. There's no place you can go where he does not see you. He sees you right where you are. His eyes are upon you. He sees you right now. So he sees you. So he was teaching, number one, number two, his vision. And we preach the vision of the Lord. And when we start seeing people through God's eyes, we do not see people the way they are. We see people the way God says they are. I had the privilege to meet a gentleman named George Stormont. He traveled with Smith Wigglesworth. He was the last man to travel with Smith Wigglesworth. He traveled with him and served him as a valet and I met him in uh, 1983 and he came and preached for me in 1984. I had him for a whole week in my house. It was just me and Teresa and we had a little dog at that time named Joy and it was me and Teresa and little Joy and George Stormont, this great English preacher. He was about 78 years old. He'd been with Smith Wigglesworth. He'd been preaching for over 50 years. And he came to sit with me, and he told me this story about Smith Wigglesworth. He said that Smith Wigglesworth and he and a couple other preachers went to the pray for a woman that was all but dead. She was just gasping her last breath. And they prayed, and they prayed, Lord, help her in her passing. Lord, let her go. Lord, uh, comfort the family. And Wigglesworth groaned, and he said, y'all shut up. And he grabbed her by the gown and pulled her up and said, I said, in Jesus' name, live. And shook her. And put her up against the wall, and she slumped down. He picked her up again. I said, in Jesus' name, live. And the woman instantaneously, supernaturally, George Stormont saw this. He was in the room. There was no camera running. There was no film. He saw this. The woman took a deep breath. Her eyes opened. And it's almost like God just supernaturally restored her right there. She got full of the life of God and was quickened. And she says, y'all need to get out of the room. I need to get dressed. Came downstairs and ate with them. And they walked out. And on the way back, George Stormont said, Smith, why when we prayed she was dying when you prayed she lived he said because you looked at a dying woman but i looked at god what you look at when you pray is going to determine what you receive if you look at a dying woman or you look at a dying man or you look at a man with cancer you're going to still see him as cancer when you get done praying but if you look at god and then see that man through god's eyes you'll see a man healed and up in power and full of the power of god you'll see the power of god operating he saw her he saw her We need to see people the way God sees them. This is one of the great tools that the church has to empower us with boldness. I don't have to look at you through the eyes of the flesh. I can see you. Paul said, we don't know any man after the flesh. We know every man in Christ. And in Christ, you're whole. In Christ, you're blessed. In Christ, you're righteous. In Christ, you're filled. In Christ, you're free. In Christ, you're full. In Christ, you're anointed, appointed, ordained. That's who you are in Christ, Jesus. Praise God. I see you this morning in Christ. That's number two. Third tool is this. He called her unto him. The calling of God. And we need to understand this about the calling of God. So God called you out of Egypt. You've been called out of the world. Thank God we've been called out. He called us out of Egypt. Then he called you through the wilderness. You've been called through your wilderness. We've all gone through the wilderness experience, but really if we study the Bible, we're supposed to learn the death side of Christianity there. We're supposed to learn what Jesus did. When he took them through the wilderness, he took them to 42 stops. At every place he took them, he showed them in the wilderness the same thing, the death of Jesus. He showed them a smitten rock. He showed them a priest on a mountain, his garment stripped from him. Everywhere they went in the wilderness, when you're in what they call the wilderness, that's where you learn the death side of this. You learn that Jesus died your death and took your curse. You learned the death side. He called you through the wilderness. Then he called you into the promise. I thank God I'm called in. He didn't just call me out, he called me in. He called me into the promise. But because we came to church and preachers confused us, we got confused. I got confused in church. I got born again when I was 17, filled with the Holy Ghost when I was 17, called to preach when I was 17, started preaching when I was 18. So this is all I've known as an adult. But when I got in church, see, I didn't go to the bar. I didn't go after cocaine. I didn't go after, after girls my age. What I did, I got in church. I just dove into church. But they started teaching me that I wasn't good enough and I had to do this and do this and do this. They never taught me who I was in Christ. And I had to qualify. So what happened was when I got in Christ, then Babylon came in and then I got taken away and I had to come back. So God's called us back. He's called you out of your Babylon. It's time for you to stop being confused. You are what God says you are. You have what God says you have. You can do what God says you can do. It's time for you to stop being confused. I just rebuke the spirit of confusion off you in Jesus' name. It's time for us to come out of Babylon. And you know in Genesis chapter 11, the tower of Babel, that word tower is the Hebrew word pulpit. And you'll find Babylon in our pulpits today. Lots of Babylon in our pulpits, lots of Babylon going forth, babbling on. That's what that is, just a babbling on. Or B-A-B-Y-L-O-N, babylon. It keeps us immature, so you've got to come back. I had to come back. I learned some things in church that hindered me, robbed me, almost raped me spiritually, but I had to come back. Thank God he called me back, and the answer is Jesus. What's the question? It don't matter. The answer is Jesus. Jesus. How are we righteous? Jesus. How are we healed? Jesus. How are we filled with the Holy Ghost? Jesus. How are we free? Jesus. How are we blessed? Jesus. There is no other answer. It don't matter what the question is. Jesus is the answer. God made this so simple. Anybody could see it once you see it. Jesus is the answer. He is the Christ, the Son of God. So Jesus is the answer. So he called me out. He called me through. He called me in. He called me back. Then he called me up. He's calling you higher this morning. He's calling you to higher places in prayer, higher places in praise. His calling, he's apprehended you. When you're listening to this, he's calling you up into prayer, up into praise, up into the spirit, up into wisdom, up into the word. There are new dimensions in God. There are new directions in God. We're going up. We're all growing up into him in all things. And while the church emphasizes the going up, God's emphasizing the growing up. Can you hear? While the church told me I need to go up, but I can't go up until he appears. His appearing causes a going up, but I can grow up today. See, it's time to grow up right now. Can you hear that in the spirit? It's time to grow up. And then the most important calling of all is He's calling you unto Him. See, He called you out, He called you through, He called you in, He called you back, He called you up. But notice what He did with her He called her to Him. Now, this is the greatest calling of all. He's calling you to Him, He wants you for Himself. Before he calls you to nations, he has to call you to himself. Before he calls you to a healing ministry, he has to call you to himself. He's calling you to come to him. He's saying, come to me. I'll be your life. I'll be your strength. I'll be your wisdom. I'll be your victory. I'll be your joy. I'll be your foundation. I'll be your portion. We all need to come to Jesus. So the calling of God, I'm now coming to Jesus. And then number four, he spoke to her. Notice he called her to him and he said, He said, woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. And God has said a lot of wonderful things about you. Did you know that? The new covenant is a constant declaration of what God says about you in Christ. The new covenant, God will say things like Ephesians 2.10. You are his workmanship created in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.17. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. He says of you, you are redeemed from the curse of the law. He says of you, you are the righteousness of God in Christ. God is not going to change his mind. He's already spoken. Now, we need to learn this concept. This is a very important truth about the word of God. The centurion came to Jesus and said, now, Lord, you don't need to come under my roof. I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. You remember that in Matthew chapter eight? but we can't come to god and say speak the word only and i'll be healed we can't do that because god has already said you're healed it's not god's turn to talk it's your turn it's your turn to talk if you get that one concept you'll learn something god i don't need you to speak again i have your word I don't need you to say another thing. I have your word. I rejoice at your word at one that findeth great spoil. I have got This is God's word. This is God-breathed, God-inspired revelation. This is what God said, and he's talking about me in Christ. He's talking about my healing. God said, and that ought to bring you out of your chair. God said. When God started talking, universes were filled, and sun and moon and stars and creation happened. He said some things about you. So you can't come and say, well, I know I'd believe I was healed if God said it. No, God's already said you're healed. It's your turn to talk. It's your turn to talk. Acts 4.29 says it best. Lord, behold their threatenings. Now, what threatens you today? Let me ask you that. What threatens you today? Lord, behold their threatenings. What is threatening you today? Whatever the threat is, is it financial? Is it social? Having family problems? Is it physical? You've got some disease in your body. Is it mental? Are you being oppressed? Is it a spiritual threat? Whatever it is, it is an accusation. Whatever threatens you, Lord, behold the threat. So God sees everything that's threatening you right now. And every one of us probably have some things that threaten us right now. And grant unto thy servants with all boldness we may speak your word. They did not ask God to say something. They asked God for boldness to say what he'd already said. So today, I'm not asking God to say I'm healed. I'm saying, Lord, give me boldness to say I'm healed. Can you hear that? That is major. Jesus said to her, woman, you are loose from that infirmity. Now, another thought there, when he said to her, woman, he lifted her above the fall. She was never named Eve till after the fall. When Adam first met the woman, he said, her name shall be called woman. She is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. Her name was woman. Genesis 5, 2, and God called their name Adam. God called her Adam woman. He was Adam man. Adam man, Adam woman. When the fall happened, Adam separated himself from her and changed her name. Adam said, I'm still Adam, but you're not Adam anymore. That's where the battle of the sexes started right there. That's where prejudice started. It was your fault, so I call you Eve. And Eve is a beautiful name. It means mother of all living, but it's not her name because God called her Adam. Now, here's another revelation. Don't you ever call anything in your life what God don't call it. Adam, brought, well, Adam was standing before God, and God brought all the Adam, uh, animals before Adam. And what did he do in Genesis chapter 2? God waited to see what God would call the animals, and thus they were called. You know what God's doing? He's waiting to see what you're going to call your health today. He's waiting to see what you're going to call your family today. He's waiting to see what we as the body of Christ are going to call this country today. He's waiting to see what you're going to call your finances today. He's waiting to see what you're going to call this church today. He's waiting to see what you're going to call your mind today. And whatever you call it, he says, that's what it will be because God has already spoken. So if God says I'm healed and I say, I'm sick, what happens? God doesn't go without healing, but I do. How about this? Let the weak say, I am strong. Now, why would God tell you to do that? Because he wants you to agree with him. See, God's not saying you're weak. God's saying you're strong. God's saying you're strong in the Lord and the power of his might. So he wants you to agree with him. Let the weak say. So he said, you're weak, but now say I'm strong because I'm your strength. I want you to agree with me. Jesus spoke and said, woman, you know what he's doing? He's lifting you above the fall this morning. Ladies, women, women of God, you're lifted above the fall. He said, man, thy sins be forgiven them. He lifted that man above the fall. And he says, take up your bed and walk. So when you see the word man or woman, he's lifting them above the fall. Jesus came to lift us above the fall. Lord, lift us up where we belong. Remember that song from the 80s? Lord, lift us up where we belong. We belong in the high places with him. We are not We are not valley dwellers. We dwell in the high places. God will make my feet like hind's feet and make me walk on my high places. Man. Praise God, that's powerful. And then the fifth tool, you've got teaching, you've got vision, you've got calling, you've got the word or speaking, our words, and then you've got he laid his hands on her. And this is the only place that i found so far where you see all five of these in operation at one time. He was teaching, she heard him teach. He saw her, he called her, he spoke to her, and he laid his hands on her. Other times, Jesus Jesus just spoke to people. Other times, he laid hands on people. Other times, like the leper, he put his hand on him and said, I will be thou clean. But these five tools empower the church because this morning, we have all five of these tools. Right now, while we sit here in the church, we have all five of these tools to empower us with boldness. What the church needs is boldness. Granted to thy servant with all boldness. So now the teaching ministry gives us a foundation. Vision lets us see people the way God sees them. The calling of God lets us know that he's calling us unto himself and in that calling there's great healing. The word of God releases his power and the laying on of hands is a tangible, transferable place and power of contact. We've got all five of these spiritual tools right now to empower the church with victory. We're not lacking any of these tools, so we're going to use all five of these tools this morning to receive our healing in the name of Jesus. Now, let's go back to the first one, the teaching ministry, and I want you to take your Bibles, if you follow along with me, to Luke chapter 5. Just go there quickly, Luke chapter 5 and verse 17, Luke 5, 17. And it came to pass on a certain day, Jesus was teaching, and there were Pharisees, doctors of the law sitting by, which come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Why was the power of the Lord present to heal who? Them. All of them. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, his critics. You know why God loves to heal his critics and his enemies? Because he loves them. Do you remember the only leper to get healed for a long, long time in Israel was an Assyrian, a general named Naaman the leper. And the Assyrians were God's enemy. God's gone to healing his enemies. You know why? Because he loves them. These doctors, Pharisees, these Sadducees had come to criticize him. But when he started teaching, the power was there. Because whenever we teach the word, the power is always present to heal. If the word's there, the word of God is there, the power to confirm that word is there. The power of God is in this room to heal you right now. Notice this. And behold, a man brought in a bed, or men brought a man in a bed, which was taken with a palsy and they sought means to bring him in and to lay before him. And when they could not find by what might they bring him in because of the multitude, they went up on the housetop and let him down and the tiling with his couch in the midst of Jesus. Now notice this, these four men helped him and all of us need some help. That's why we pray one for another. We lift one another up, we pray one for another. That's part of the teaching ministry, James 5, 16, we pray one for another. I'll tell you one of your secrets to healing. When you go after my healing and it's more important than yours, your healing's on the way. When I set my heart to pray for your healing and your healing becomes more important than my healing, then your healing's on the way and so is mine, praise God. Because we begin to move without selfishness. These four men, and the more they let him down, notice, the further they got from the men, the closer he got to Jesus. When you're praying for people, you're not praying to keep them close to you, you're praying them to Jesus. And the more you pray for them, the closer they're getting to Jesus, but they're further away from your helping them. There's a lot of people that want you to pray for them, but they want you to just keep on and keep on because they want to stay with you. You got to pray them to Jesus. And at some point, you got to be willing to put them there and leave them there because you can't do the work that needs to be done. They had done all they could do. Do all you can do, but they let the man down. And the closer he got to Jesus, the further he was from those that helped him. That's powerful. It's very powerful. And when Jesus saw their faith in verse 20, he said unto them, man, lifted him above the fall, thy sins be forgiven thee. Now stop right there. The man didn't ask for forgiveness. See, I was always taught, God ain't forgive you nothing unless you ask. Jesus healed and forgave this man without asking. Why? Because that's the ministry of reconciliation. God forgave you before you asked. You were forgiven when he died and rose again on the cross. You just received it when you asked. He invoked forgiveness on him. Thy sins be forgiven thee. And the scribes and Pharisees begin to reason, saying, Who is this which speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? And Jesus perceived their thoughts. He answered, said unto them, What reason ye in your hearts, which is easier to say? Your sins be forgiven you. Arise, take up your bed and walk. But that you may know the Son of Man hath power upon earth to forgive sins. He said to the sick of the palsy, rise take up your bed and couch and go into the house and immediately he rose up before them and took up what he lay on and departed to his own house glorifying god now here's what i want you to see here's the teaching ministry of jesus when he was teaching and we teach things like he was wounded for our transgression bruised for our iniquity we teach by his stripes we're healed we teach the same power that raised christ from the dead shall quicken your mortal body we teach for this reason many are weak sick and die premature death not discerning the lord's body These things have to be taught over and over and over. We don't get them on the first time. We don't get them on the 10th time. We go over them and over them and over them. We go over them and over them till they become ingrained in us. He was there teaching. And when he was there teaching, the power was present to heal them, but none of them got healed. The power was present to heal them, but none of them got healed. Why? Because they found fault, with him and what he did they did not receive his word he sent his word to heal you and deliver you from your destructions now Luke 6 very quickly we're just about out of time in this session Luke chapter 6 and verse 17 notice none of those people got healed but the one man got healed The power was present to heal them, but they didn't receive their healing. Why? Because they rejected his word. We receive the word. The teaching ministry becomes all important because faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Luke 6, 17, very quickly now. And he came down with him and stood in the plain and the company of his disciples and a great multitude of people out of all Judea and Jerusalem and from the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon, which came to hear him and be healed. That right there is the key. They came to hear him and be healed. You see, you didn't come this morning just to be healed. You come to hear him. Because if we hear him, notice the difference. The power was present to heal them, but none of them got healed. The power was present to heal them. They did not get healed. The power here came, and they that were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed. And the whole multitude sought to touch him, for virtue went out of him. Now, what he's showing you here is if we come to be Heal without coming to hear a lot of people want to be healed but they don't want to hear there's a lot of people that want to be healed but don't want to hear it's time we hear god so i'm going to speak to you right now listen to me in jesus name matthew eight seventeen said by his stripes jesus took your infirmities and bare your sickness and carried your diseases lord you've spoken it's not your turn to speak it's my turn to speak and lord with boldness i say by your stripes i'm healed And Father, I thank you. I receive your word this morning with great joy. I receive it. You say I'm healed. I rejoice. I receive it with great gladness. In Jesus' worthy, holy and mighty name, I am healed because you say I'm healed. I thank you. By your stripes, I'm healed. In Jesus' name. And in agreement with that, we said together, amen. Now, thank the God for it. Let's thank God for it. Come on. Let's give God a shout. Thank God for it. Thank God for it. Celebrate. Thank the Lord for his healing power in Jesus' name.
1: This is Pastor Dan and I wanna say thank you for joining me and Pastor James Perkins here at the table with Dr. John T. Cahill. His ministry has been such a blessing to us and I trust that you have thoroughly enjoyed and been empowered by the Word of God. Uh, My friend Josh says, I'm changed, I'm transformed. I love those words. That's what I am every time I hear the Word of God. I appreciate the way he broke the bread of life for us today to hear concerning healing. And we look forward to bringing you more encounters with Dr. Cahill here in the future. Until then, we pray that God's Word will continue to work greatly, mightily in your life. Embrace the Word of God and be changed by it. Every time you read it, every time you hear it.
0: Thank you for listening to In Him with Pastor Dan Wormuth of Joplin Family Worship Center. Listen to this broadcast again at kno.org. You can also download a podcast version of today's message by searching KNEO on iTunes. Joplin Family Worship Center is located on East 7th Street in Joplin and has ministries for all ages. They invite you to join them this week for Sunday morning worship at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evening service at 7 p.m. Find out more at jfwc.org or facebook.com slash Joplin Family Worship Center. Follow Pastor Dan on Twitter at Daniel H. Wormuth. Thank you for listening. And remember, in Him, you are free. The world is in chaos. You're here for a purpose. What does the Bible have to say about it all? I'm Mark Taylor, host of Crosspoint podcast and radio show, and I'd like to invite you to join me each week as I navigate the complexities of faith, culture, and personal growth. Each week, I interview a different guest who is making an impact on the culture for God's kingdom. Whether you're seeking spiritual guidance, true information, or a fresh perspective, this podcast equips you to discern truth in today's chaotic world. When Christianity intersects with everyday life, that's where you'll find Crosspoint, sometimes discussing the issues that some churches don't want to talk about. Look up Crosspoint with Mark Taylor wherever you get your podcasts produced by KNEO Radio and the Sky High Podcast Network.